0: What is up, real ketoners? This is Coach Coop here with another episode of BHB Radio. Tonight, I am joined by the wonderful Doug Reynolds. Doug is actually the owner and founder of Low Carb USA, one of the most interesting, well attended conferences on ancestral eating out there. Uh, Doug actually is going to tell his unique story tonight in which he lost. Uh, I think it's at least thirty-five pounds and healed from his uh, traumatic brain injury, using you know fat adaptation and ketones as fuel. Essentially, uh, really fascinating stuff. That story actually inspired him to then go on and and want to pass this information along to others and 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 help the rest of the world. And that's evolved into a, a whole lot of other things. Working with doctors, working with healthcare professionals, um, spreading the good word, if you will. So. Doug not only goes into that journey, but gives us a ton of practical uh, insights and things that we can implement into our own lives. Today's episode is also brought to you by Real Ketones. Be sure to check them out at realketones.com for all of your exogenous ketone needs. They are also a full-fledged educational database, making sure that you have everything you need to go from where you are at now. To where you need to be um, that includes nutritional planning apps uh, articles guides and beyond check them out uh, they want to make sure that you have everything you need to be successful not just in the short term but also to end the yo-yo dieting cycle and bridge the gap into long-term success all right everybody uh, looking forward to diving right in here uh, this is another episode of bhb radio Good evening, everyone. This is Coach Matt, and you are listening to Better Health and Body Radio, your source for the latest and greatest information and understanding in the world of health, nutrition, and performance, where we give you a seat at the table next to the best and the brightest minds to arm you with the information you need to optimize yourself. Join us for another exciting, thought-provoking episode of BHB Radio, starting now. doug thank you so much for coming on the show i appreciate
1: it no problem man pleasure to be here
0: yeah absolutely uh and and so i've followed your work for a while Uh, we have followed your work at low carb usa uh for people at home who might not be as familiar could you kind of
1: introduce yourself to the audience um yeah well i my name is doug reynolds i um i'm the founder co-founder i suppose if you um really with my partner uh, Pam Devine of Low Carb USA. Um, I had an epiphany back in 2015 when I was introduced to this uh, to this concept of a ketone. I didn't even know what a ketone was back then. And it funnily enough, it was actually uh, someone that was trying to sell me exogenous ketones. And I did a, a bunch of research being an engineer. Um, and sort of three weeks down the road burying myself in the research, it just it all made so much sense. It explained all the issues I was having. It had explained issues I had as a distance runner back, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And I just decided to pull the trigger and and you know. The, at that stage, this company was was actually just starting, and they were out of stock, and I, so I couldn't even order exogenous ketones. Mm. But i would learned so much in the research about the ketogenic lifestyle and the ketogenic diet that I pulled the trigger and decided to do that. And it just made you know. And I was never, I'm not, haven't been really metabolically sick like like so many people are. Mm-hmm. But I was having a lot of issues that I didn't realize I didn't need to have you know and it made just such a difference to my life like so quickly that um I just I couldn't I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe that I didn't know about it that I'd never heard about like, I didn't even know what a ketone was at the edge, at a ketone was at the at the age of what 51 or something at that stage you know and so I, I pulled the trigger and I decided let's go and try it and took Pam shopping which horrified her and, uh, and and you know, we went and bought all that, all this, all the stuff, you know, fatty meat and full cream uh, whipping cream and full cream yogurt and all those sorts of things. and, um, and started and started doing it. And as I mentioned, it, it just it made such a huge difference so quickly that um, I was pounding my fist. It was like my birthday in 2016 in January. and I, I was saying like, how is it possible that I didn't know about this and we need to do something Mm -hmm. and you know at that time there were there were a couple of little conferences around around the country um about this but there would seem to be like this bubble of people that moved around from conference to conference and they were um you know we weren't we weren't getting out of that bubble and reaching people like me who Mm -hmm. didn't know about this right um and we had a lot of experience on putting on conferences and so um we thought okay this is how i can use my skills to help with this and so we started planning an event and i knew nothing i, I had never been to a low carb conference i didn't know anyone and i wrote to a bunch of uh, bunch of people i wrote to four of the prominent speakers that i could think of and thought okay if i can get a core of people uh, that were, that were prepared to do it then um then we would have something to build on mm. and um, I, I yeah Gary Taubes was one that that uh that I wrote to and man, I just looked him up on his website you know and mm. um he got back to me and and said you know was trying to fill me out and see if I knew what I was doing and um <laughs> in the end he he uh He agreed to have a a call with me and i was very aware of what he charged for his time and stuff so you know i was actually really nervous and we spent an hour on the phone and um at the end of it he he said to me okay if you do this thing if you put this conference on in san diego i'll i'll come and speak and um i was i pam was listening to me i had it on speakerphone you know and i put the phone down and i looked at her and i thought shit like, this is real, you know. <laughs> um, was, and, uh, you know, literally establish a domain, build a website, establish uh, a social media presence. We had nothing. Mm. And um, we put that conference on in six months at the end of July that same year. Wow. Um, wow! And I, I was pounding my fist saying, oh, we need to put a thousand people in the room, you know. And mm-hmm. I was... I was really upset that we didn't put a thousand people in the room. We got about 350 or something, but it was still way bigger than, than any other conference of its type, you know, right. around that time. Um, and I, people had to talk me off the ledge, you know, and make me understand that what we had done in that short time was actually quite astounding. Um, which I've come to realize over time, but it, it took me a while. Um, and and you know it just it just grew from there i people were started started like people were trying to say like what happened, when's next year's event and everything and i actually ended up at the, on the last day creating a page um, for the next year's event that i hadn't even been thinking about we we would we were only planning to do one event um, and sold a bunch of tickets for the next year like literally on the sunday at the end of that conference everyone was so was they were in such a good place at the end of that weekend. Mm. Um, and that, uh, that, that was something that that's carried us through all of this was how much people respond and how much, how much they appreciate you know, what we do um, and how much they enjoy it, how much they get out of it. Uh, so we, we eventually, then people asking us, we need to come to the, West, to the East Coast. And we eventually put one on in Florida, so and that's become our staples now. We've got one in summer in, in San Diego and one in Florida. We've moved to Boca Raton now. Um, and, and then every now and then we put on a, a random one in, in some other place. We've done one in Seattle, uh, a couple of other places, uh, Virginia, um, we have a lot of people. We were about to put one on that got canceled uh, in New York last mm-hmm. year, and then um, we were busy, we were starting to plan one in Hawaii. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we've even done one, we got invited to do, to do to bring some speakers over and do one um, in Jakarta in Indonesia, um, which was a massively wow. brilliant ex- That was such a brilliant experience. Wow. Um, yeah, and we've done, I think, I think the count is about 15 now. we've done since we started. Oh, that's a solid amount. So, yeah, uh, we have definitely didn't uh, visualize that in the the beginning. Um, But then we've also grown uh, into doing so many more things, you know, so we just, the conference was like the start of it, but what we became very aware of very quickly was how important it was to cultivate a community and, and have a have a safe place for people to try, you know, to be able to come, to, to be able to talk to people about it, That where they're not getting criticized and um, marginalized by their colleagues and their friends and their, even their doctors, um, where they can come and talk to someone who's, who's, who's going to be on their side, you know, and we'll, um, we'll be able to help them understand issues that they're having or whatever it is that they want to talk about. Um, and we've, you know, we've, we, we started introducing uh, a provider list for people to be able to find a doctor that's open to this conversation. And yeah, I saw that. Uh, you know, and, and it's gone from there. Gary Taubs actually had a lot to do with introducing me to Adele Height, who, and, and even suggesting that we have a feedback session at, uh, I think it was back in 2018 in San Diego, um, to get feedback from doctors and practitioners that were trying to do this in their practice to hear what their successes were what their challenges were um and their experiences and he was actually busy writing a book about all of that stuff at the same time so i'd helped him uh, with a bit of his research Um, and it got me talking with adele and she just had this humongous vision about establishing standard of care around um around carbohydrate reduction basically and um You know that the start of that was to was to create a set of clinical guidelines for doctors to, um, for for doctors to to give them guidance if they decided they wanted to, to try to utilize this as an option for their patients in in their clinic. Um, You know, and the the standard of care is funny. She she was on a um, a malpractice on the jury of a malpractice lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And the judge had to explain to them what standard of care meant. And it's, and, um, it's, it, it's not a document. It's not, a, it's not what they get taught at, at, at university or college or whatever. Um, it's not what they get taught by or um, guidance that they may be given by their professional organizations that they belong to. It's actually a consensus amongst... Practitioners in, this, in the same environment with the same training, what they agree is a, a course of action in any particular situation. That is standard of care. It's, it's an intangible thing. And so, in order to, to try and establish standard of care around carbohydrate reduction, because her feeling was like our metabolism changes completely when you, when you go keto, you know, or when you go low carb. And so, the standard of care, whether it's right or not, whether you agree with that or not, it doesn't matter. if you're if you're not eating carbs and you're you're ketogenic especially, different things apply. Mm-hmm. And so we need we need a diff, we need an agreement amongst the people that that work in that space that this is the right thing to do in these situations as opposed to the, the current standard of care. And yeah. so, you know, and it needs to be an alternative one. The same way we're saying people need to be offered this option in in, in the practice. We're not saying it has it's the answer to everything, right? But it, it has to be it has to be an option that gets offered to to their patients. And you know, my personal opinion on that is that if if a doctor doesn't do that, and nowadays nobody can say they haven't been exposed to all the research and the information about this and if they still refuse to offer it to their patients and they're guilty of malpractice that's my opinion i i um i feel very strongly about that um and then so i I don't know i'm talking and talking here if you're okay with me Uh. on with this but that the the flow of things so then basically we um talked to trocholagian you might be familiar with him he's one of the one half of the md podcast low Carb mm-hmm. md podcast
0: okay
1: he started writing on twitter about like we need a professional organization you know to for all these low carb you know different communities and to bring them all together and i'd already been trying to do that within low carb usa but it just wasn't the right place for it so um so i spent but- i i, I started talking with him about it and, and we decided that what we really needed was a was a proper nonprofit to um, to house this thing effectively. And and so I went out and I learned how to how to do all of that and I created a nonprofit and got um, he's you know created the board of directors. He's one of one of the members of our board and we created the Society of Metabolic Health Practitioners. And the whole thing, dal has got a lot to do with that as well. And her thing is, it's, it's all about metabolic health. It's not about keto. It's not about low carb. It's, it, it just means lifestyle, dietary interventions, as long as they are evidence-based and, right. and scientifically based. Um, we need to, if there's any way that, that we can in, intervene uh, with, with a lifestyle that, that can change somebody's metabolic health or improve it or prevent them from getting sick even more importantly um, without drugs then then they need to be part of this organization part of this community
0: right, um, right.
1: we migrated the, the, the clinical guidelines to this so and now it's got a real home it really belongs there it, uh, we created a really cool um, provider list now that's m- migrated over from local usa which, which it's amazing search functions and stuff like that now so that people can really find somebody to help them. If they can, it's not gonna tell them they're gonna die if they carry on doing this. Um, so yeah, you know, so, so, so from starting out with, with the idea of putting on one conference in San Diego, it's, it's evolved into this monster. <laughs> um, right. But, uh, you know, such good feedback and, and it's just so good to be able to you know, sit back and see how many people we've been able to help and how many, you know, people, individuals as well as especially the practitioners, you know, to give them the support that they need to be able to confidently talk about this in their practices so that they're not afraid anymore, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I, I love how it's evolved into an entire platform from just that that initial seed that initial that, that that nut right idea of a conference wow. now you're really making your own dent in the world with regards to health and nutrition and you know as, as a proxy of that improving people's lives making them happier making their sort of first person existence on this world that you know mm-hmm. through that, that that takes them through life a happy and um, you know pleasureful one i mean that's yeah. it, it's it goes beyond just kind of getting science out there I did want to circle back on a couple things too. First of all, happy belated birthday! Yeah, it's a while now. Second, second of all, <laughs> well, you know, still. Uh, second of all, yeah, we had we actually had uh, Gary Tobbs on the podcast not too long ago, and yeah, who's a great interview. So that's awesome to know that he was, you know, instrumental in being like a one of the people to get involved
1: with that. Or, or, yeah, I mean, yeah. totally. He, you know, he was the guy. When he believed in me and believed that I could do it, that was the turning point when it when it became real. You know, it's cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and, that, and that's kind of like what I've heard. You
0: know, what you hear people say, and it might sound cliche, but they say, "Jump, and the net will appear." You know, with you guys <laughs> putting that
1: conference on in six months. Yeah, perfect example. Of yeah, that. I, I swear, if I knew what I if I knew then what I know now, I don't think I would ever have had the courage to do it. I think it was more ignorance than anything. I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> you didn't know what was in it. That was, that, was, that was a good thing because if I had known, I would have I would have been too scared to do it,
0: I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so one other thing too that I wanted to hit on was if, if you actually go to the low carb USA website, which great website by the way, I, I've been perusing it myself for quite a while. I love that the tagline is turning consensus on its head. And I think what tends to happen, we talked about this with Tim Noakes as well, is there seems to be this idea of groupthink and science turning into consensus and people putting the word the in front of science. Um, And and really, I think it should be more said, it's like political science and corporations putting the word the in front of science. and. What you're really doing here is awesome because it's true science, right? Like you said, you're, you're advocating for low carb, but on a bigger picture, just metabolic preventative health to have a seat at the table, not to be something you force on people as the new consensus, but hey, let's, you know, this should be considered. It should be an option. Sure. Um, there should be education on it, just like there would be, you know, uh, prescription drug X, Y, or Z as, as a, an option as well you know? And, and so I, that really resonates with me. And, and I think our listeners too.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it's really important.
0: Uh, now for, for you personally, you're, you said you, you, you felt some amazing things by pivoting and changing your own health and nutrition and going in this direction. What are some of the things that you've personally have experienced since adopting a more uh,
1: fat adapted ketone fueled lifestyle? Um, so, you know, you mentioned Tim Noakes, Tim, um, I know know, I've become very well acquainted good friends with him now, but back then he was just an idol right Um, Mm -hmm. and I, and I used to run the same I mean he wrote that his the law of running which is like the runner's Bible. Yeah, Um, yeah. but it was really focused on getting people through the comrades marathon which is a huge ultra marathon in South Africa. And I, I, you know, I ran that a bunch of times and. when i moved to the states i had already run five of them and i went back and ran a few more and but it 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 it, it used to get it it got harder and harder and harder and i was suddenly found in my later 40s that i was putting on a little bit of weight each each year Mm -hmm. you know just a couple of pounds kilo or two you know in south african terms and it it I just couldn't get it off. You know, when I used to be bulletproof back in my early 30s and I, and I used to eat and drink and do tons of beer and eat pizza and oh, whatever, as much as I wanted. And I would still, especially when the training you know, got, got heavier, closer to the race, my weight would still come down no matter what. Um, but that stopped happening after a while. And um, I, I used to start thinking that I was just lazy, you know, that I hadn't, I just wasn't running enough. And that was, that was why I was putting on this weight. Didn't matter that I was eating tons of chocolate and sweets and all sorts of stuff because I'm a runner. now, I, you know, I can eat as many carbs as I want. Obviously that's what I need to do. Um, and I just, I, I got on the scale and I was 95 pounds. 1995, 35 pounds over, over my ideal weight, and that were, that would just horrified me, and it was literally a couple of days after that had happened that um, I got this email from this guy trying to know ketones, an alternative source of fuel to glucose. That was the that that was the, the subject line of the of the email, um, and it, that email basically changed my life it's amazing um i started doing this and like i knew nothing Uh, and then and it was harder to come by information about this back in 2015 and and so we just we just learned from experience and I, i i all the thing that i'd learned later on was was about salt and how important it was to to eat more salt in that, especially when you first start with this. And I didn't do that. And I, and so I I suffered what people call the keto flu pretty severely. And I I believe that a lot of that has got to do with not having enough salt in especially in the, in those those first few weeks. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I can't, I can't ever go back and and do that all over again. I would love to um, be able to do it again and, and eat salt, enough salt, like, right from day one and see whether i do go through that same thing but it was only was still only maybe it hit me after a week and it was a a really bad week or max maybe two Mm -hmm. and then and then stuff started to to just start turning around suddenly my weight already had started to come down Uh, my knees within those three weeks had cleared up completely i was um you know i was actually doing martial arts at at the time um oh wow and we we instead of going four days a week we would go twice a week and we would do just two back-to-back classes each of each of those two nights but it was 90 minutes of really hectic workout and i I would get home at eight o'clock at night and i'd be shattered and i would i would crawl crawl into bed and The next morning i would literally almost be on my hands and knees getting to the restroom you know sit on the toilet and think man i'm getting old and um i just you know accepted like everybody else that that's just one of those things you know um i'm on the i'm on the downslope now um but once i started this literally within three weeks i was i was bouncing out of bed in the morning and going for a run uh, the morning after the, the, the martial arts workout, um, it, that to me was one of the most epic changes or you know, improvements. Was was how quickly I now recover from, from a big from a you know significant effort. Um, it, it, just amazing. I haven't you know I used to struggle with um, getting like really bad flu. At least once, and most times twice in a year. Um, I've ha- I think I've had flu once now in, in five six years now since I since I started doing this. Respiratory issues I used to really battle. I can I can breathe through my nose through the night now. Um, skin skin issues uh, on, on my uh, on my ears and things that that all cleared up. Um, and th- there's others that that, that clarity, you know. They talk about mental clarity and stuff like that, and that, mm-hmm. that definitely is something that I that I noticed. But uh, one of the other really big things for me was when I was in my very early twenties, th- uh, I had a very severe motor vehicle accident, um, and a very bad head trauma, and. Suffered what nowadays we know as as a traumatic brain injury or TBI. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I couldn't see for three three months. I, I, wow. could, I could I I couldn't I could see, but I couldn't focus. Like my two eyes. People said it was like very disconcerting to talk to me because I was like a chameleon. Like my eyes would move independently of each other. Wow. Um, and and I and I literally couldn't focus. So I, I would put a hand over my eye if I wanted to try and see something, um, because then it was only one eye and then, it was, so they couldn't re- meet the focal point together, right? So I could, I could sort of focus with one eye, with each different eye, but when I looked at both eyes, it was just a blur. And I was like that for three months. Um, I had a broken collarbone, which, which I, they couldn't plate because they couldn't put me on anesthetic because of the brain injury. Um, so I had a that comp, no, wasn't a compound, but it was a, a completely um, uh, disjointed uh, broken collarbone that that just was there. I strapped my arm up all the time um, because I couldn't do anything with it until my brain came down. Uh, you know and that all got sorted out over time. But the biggest thing t- for me was the was the memory, uh, short-term memory. Um, I, I just kept forgetting, I, I, I would, I, and I still do, but not nearly as much. You know, I, um, I'm talking, I, I guess a, a, a thought occurs to me like different to what I'm talking about, and just for a, a fleeting second, and suddenly I, I, I go blank, and I can't remember what I was talking about. It mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah, and sometimes, you know, sometimes people remind me what I was saying, and, and, and it'll come back, and sometimes it never comes back, It just, it's just gone, um, and people even say to me, oh, yeah, that happens to me all the time, I said, well, maybe, but never happened to me, you know, I, I that definitely wasn't something that I suffered with before, um, and I, and it, and it made me very self-conscious, and, uh, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't talk in public. I you know i trying to, as an engineer, I became more senior and I would have to do a presentation of a design or something to senior management or something. And it would freak me out. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I would, I would often get like one of the junior guys that, that helped me, you know, was on my team to actually do the presentation and kind of pretend like it was a, a, a training thing for him. And I like to, to build up his experience. In the meantime, I was just too scared to do it. Um was that self-conscious about it. Um, and once I started with this keto thing, that it, like I said, it didn't it didn't go away completely, and it hasn't gone away completely, but it, it is it, it is, I find know, ten times less frequent right. than it used to be. And um, I, I'm very that that's you know that and the recovery were the two uh, the two things that have, have made have had the biggest impact on my life. Um, and like I said, I was never, you know, I didn't have type two diabetes with an A1C of 15 or something, you know. Um, some of the horror stories that you hear, those people have no real life-saving turnarounds, but this was still a a significant improvement in my life to, to make me excited about it. I'll tell you.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, I mean, just such a great testimony and story of how it, how it changed your life. And then we've said on here before, I think, uh, I was with Dr. Mike T. Nelson that most research initially starts as me search, right. And you, you find something that, that helps and you say, all right, is there something, is there something here? Are there, principles that I can introduce to other people that can help them. And I think that that you personally and really what you've done to create just a wonderful platform with uh you know low carb USA has really helped do that for a lot of other people to give them that that same thing as well. And it, so yeah. it sounds like basically, you know, not only did you get healthier and lose a bunch of weight, you you all you know, burn a bunch of fat. You also are really able to to take your life back. I mean with 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 not just the ketogenic diet, but also exogenous ketones having a lot of promise in areas of brain and neurological and cognitive fitness benefits. It's, it's more than just sort of focus and remembering. I mean, that's, that is who you are. That's how you show up in the world. So I think that those are, you know, you can't really overstate how important the the neurological, mental and cognitive benefits that come from, you know, fat adaptation and ketones, uh, fueling of those things are. Yeah, and I agree
1: completely. You know, we have um, more and more kind of focus on that as our events progress, you know. uh, The first few I did didn't have have anybody talking about uh, brain or mental issues at all. And um, it was funny. uh, I had a, a West Palm Beach was our Florida event before we moved to Boca. And I had a a, a speaker drop drop out on me like literally three days before the event oh, no. and um, one of the guys that actually Jeff Gerber who, who runs the Low carb uh, Denver conference um, he was just going to be a speaker at, at my event but he he was speaking at another event on the same weekend and, and then coming through on the Sunday to speak at, at our event and he had Dr. Georgia E with him there as a, you know she was also a speaker there and he said hey i can you know maybe i can get her to come across as well and i was desperate you know and i had i had no idea who she was and I th- and, and, and she was a psychiatrist mm. and i thought what the hell is a psychiatrist going to talk about carb, you know i tell you what i still feel like that that talk that she did was like the best talk we've ever had at any conference it was mm. just amazing um, and, you know, she's been at so many of our conferences since then. But now we've had uh, Anne Childers and, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Chris Palmer, um, also psychiatrists. Um, we get uh, Joan Eflin and Dr. Robert Syvers talks a lot about So uh, addiction is, is, is another huge yeah. part of this, Oh, yeah. You know, and that's still... It's, it's a mental thing as well, right? And that's a brain thing. Um, so there's we just a half our conference almost now is like to, you know guys talking about addiction and mental issues and and not, you know those migraines and uh, like you mentioned um, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and there's just so many of these things. I, I Chris Palmer did a talk in, in the last time we had an, an, an in-person one, which was what uh, the beginning of 2020, in January before the COVID thing hit, and he t- he told a story from the stage of of one of his um, schizophrenic patients, I think it was, that that um, uh, and how it, it had just cleared up for her completely, you know, and he, and he, 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 he's very careful to say that it especially with psychiatric issues that it's, it, it, it's not the same as me just going on a keto diet, right? They, they have to be monitored so carefully. And, and um, it's very important that, it, that it's overseen by a psychiatrist like him that actually knows, knows what they're doing. But the potential is just astounding. Um, and, and he finished telling that story. And, and that was kind of like the end of his, end of his talk. And I was like, I went up to to sort of get the Q and A going, and I, I I struggled to speak. You know, it, everyone had a lump in their throat. Um, just to hear how how that how that could help someone like that so much. It was just that's why that's why I do this. <laughs> it's, it's for moments like that. It was just the most amazing thing.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's when you, when you see how it can kind of affect other people like that, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I think it, it is true uh, what they say when they say you find happiness in helping try to find it for others too, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not just to, again, be on a soapbox or be cliche or anything like that. It's like you, something that you physically feel. Um,
1: totally, you know, and, and I think that's like why we did it was because like we thought, how can I not die about this? We have to tell people, you know. And there's so many people that that want to become keto coaches and health coaches. Yeah, because that's th- the same thing. It's like there's such a profound difference. Like, how can other people not know about this? We have to be able to tell people.
0: Oh yeah, it's like you feel like Prometheus with fire. It's like yeah. you know a lot of this preventative health <laughs> stuff of various kinds. It's like all right, let's let's give it to the humans now, and <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, yeah. So I want to get into the conference specifically, and 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 how people can kind of learn more about what you do and experience it for themselves. in, in a moment here, um, one thing that you talked about that I did want to hit on is just the idea of helping people who's in front of you, who are in front of you. So in my own practice, uh, as a you know health coach and trainer, I work with everybody from people who have chronic conditions, and all the way to like pro athletes. Right. And and obviously there's a lot of people in between those two opposite sides of the bell curve. Um, and I just, I find it interesting how for basically every population, you can find that metabolic flexibility or, uh, being fat adapted as well as being ketone fueled can benefit them. Right. So like for people that I'm working with who have MS and neurological conditions, you can find a lot of research on both, uh, Ketogenic diet and ketones, uh, how that can help them, right? We've seen a lot of transformations there. And then also with the athletes, too, which I think is fascinating. And I think we've only just started to tap into that because uh, a lot of the research has really only been done in endurance athletes, right? We haven't seen as many fast, like kind of more fast twitch athletes or, or even everyday people kind of more just doing strength training or, or Tabatas, HIT training, CrossFit, stuff like that at the gym. Um, Kind of ob- observed with as well. We've seen a lot of case studies, but but not research there. I was curious. Um, so so Dr. Peter Atia. So people mm-hmm. who might not know him at home, he's also a, kind of a, a big personality. I guess you'd call him researcher, influencer in the space. Uh, oh, wow. He talks about exogenous ketones for athletes, and then you know his specific words are that they provide him a big time boost by allow, allowing him to do the same amount of work or his work capacity while expending less energy. Um, and having less oxygen consumption. So in the context he's talking about, it's for endurance because he's just an everyday weekend warrior who likes cycling. To me, though, what's exciting about that is that it could mean that everybody, right, whether you're someone who's got chronic fatigue, suffering from an autoimmune condition, who just needs to be able to expend less energy um, to get through their day and function, all the way to an athlete or someone who is a weekend warrior who just wants to perform better can, can function at a higher level uh, and give themselves themselves more performance fuel just through ketones. I think Mm -hmm. that when you talk about changing lives, that's something that is, it's just, it's interesting how ketones are really almost like a way in which you can provide energy to the cells, you know, to the mitochondria, provide energy to the system that can fuel everything else without taxing the adrenal glands, like maybe caffeine would. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? You know, exo- I, I know I said a lot there.
1: Yeah, no, I, well, just in terms of exogenous ketones themselves, I mean, that is how I got introduced to the, to the whole conversation in the first place. Right. Um, when that company did actually get back in stock, I did get some and I used them for quite a while. Um, I find it helped a lot um, for me, you know, when I woke up in the morning, I. I was never a big coffee person. I didn't feel like caffeine has any effect on me anyway. Um, but I did feel like this helped help turn on my brain. Um, I, there's a lot of purists out there that say, "Oh, you know, you should do it with, the, with you know, just with diet or whatever." And um, I don't know. I, I I feel like as with so many things in in this in this space that. I don't think we can afford to be dogmatic about anything. I think that everybody is an individual and that different people respond differently. And, and, and then you start to look at the, at, at the, the research and, the, and the, um, the data that's coming out about people like with Parkinson's and those sorts of, of conditions and how much that seems to be helping them. I think that the, there's so much more to, to come out of that that, that is very encouraging um and and the same thing with uh with we, we go back to endurance athletes um i had a big conversation about about this other day with some guys that were training the national association of sports nutrition but like a, have, have changed to be completely keto centric and everything and some of their students and we were talking about um whether or not it was necessary to to add carbs in when you race, so you train and become totally fat adapted, and you spend half, your, you spend a year or six months or whatever, becoming like really effective fat burner. Basically, so you're oxidizing fat effectively. You're processing a bunch of that, that fat into ketones and oxidizing the, the ketones as well. And your body is producing just that little bit of glucose through gluconeogenesis. That, that it needs for those essential functions that require glucose, and that's it. And that I don't believe that there's any need for people to subsidize with with glucose. And all I feel that that is that they they only they it's like they can't as much as they believe in the, in the um, this fat adaptation thing and, and the ketogenic diet and all of that. It's like they still they still have that legacy baggage about carbohydrates that they cannot believe that they really can perform without those carbohydrates on the day of the race. And I feel like if they, when they infuse those carbohydrates in um, most of the time, all that's doing is shutting down the, 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 the adaptation that they've done, it starts, it starts dampening, it starts uh, triggering hormones and stuff that starts dampening all, the whole process starts damping down the production of ketones and I have heard of people talking about um, like it's very slow trickle like literally putting a boiled sweet or something under your tongue uh, while you're running and, and that trickling in a tiny little bit of glucose um, but your body can make that amount of glucose like in a heartbeat if it needs to so why do you need to have a boiled sweet under your, under your tongue if, you, if you're just doing what your body can do anyway? It's all about what's in your head. What I believe is, is, is a lot more, um, what's the word, potentially very um, helpful it, it is, is the, this whole concept of um, using or utilizing uh exogenous ketones for while you to feel while you're running Mm. because and i don't i haven't seen and maybe you know what you're talking about is is that research that we that i haven't seen but i believe that if you you know if you have to start taking ketones instead of gatorade during the run that that could that that could help you know, because there, maybe there's, a, when you're really running at your limit, maybe that limit is how fast your liver can produce ketones. Right. But there's only so much fat that can oxidize. There's only so many ketones it can make. And now if you start infusing some some more ketones in exogenously, maybe that'll give you a, a boost in your performance, like a real boost, not a not a, an imagined one. Because in, in these ultra races and these marathons and stuff it's it's 90 of it's in your head and if you don't believe that you can do this without carbohydrates you won't be able to do it without carbohydrates but um if you can get your head out of that space i think that um, a much better option if you feel like you need to refuel with something and i would i would much prefer to be trying ketones and seeing how much that can help yes yeah anyway um yeah that's my thoughts on exogenous ketones
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's awesome yeah I, I we've heard we've interviewed a lot of people and there are some that take it like a like a superfood, and, and and it's it's actually pretty exciting for those um who are who are just everyday people who, who maybe are kind of like suffering from anything from obesity to a chronic yeah. condition as far as like putting a little bit of gasoline or energy in the system that can fuel them to do things that their body might not have the resources to do on their own particularly if, if you know the some of those sort of energy uh, production assembly lines are kind of broken at the cellular level
1: and yeah then, um, and, and, addition- and the thing is that that if by infusing those things you're not shutting down all that those metabolic processes that are going on as a result of this adaptation right you, you, inf- yeah. you, you introduce carbohydrates and that shuts everything down Right. If you introduce exogenous ketones, it doesn't. It it just adds ketones to your system. It doesn't start shutting down all these processes that you've already got in place through the adaptation of months and months and months of training and eating that way.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Very well said. I think. And then the other thing to think about too is I think your comment about the with with sports training and uh, being able to take that intra performance. We know metabolically that like. Alcohol, I think it is first, and then ketones, carbohydrates or glucose, right? And then after that, you know, fat is that like that's the order of preference for the metabolism. And so, if you're able to kind of layer something that gets uptaken is like a almost like a fourth macronutrient on top of that um, first, then then you, it'll be longer before you dip into your own reserve, quote unquote, fuel tank. So that, that is, I think, what what basically Dr. Atiyah, Dr. Peter Atiyah was hitting on there with some mm. of his, and alluding to with some of his yeah. comments. Now, I wanna be respectful of your time because you have been beyond generous with it today. Um, if people are interested in attending the conference, uh, whether it's virtually or in-person, um, where can they find out more information about that? And, and in, of course, for their, if they wanna look and find maybe a doctor who practitioner who, who, who does, who's well-versed in this kind of thing, where can they go for that too?
1: Okay, Um, so how soon is this going to be uh, published? When are you you gonna put this out? Oh, pretty quick, I think like within a week. Okay, so basically what they need to do is go to uh, lowcarbusa.org, not .com, .org, org. right? Um, And then, either on the homepage is a thing about the San Diego event a, a bit further down or go to the menu where it says events select the San Diego event and. Um, it'll take you it'll show you the, the speakers that we've already confirmed the ones that we are still talking to and there's others that aren't even on there that we that we are still talking to as well. Um, and, and then there's a place to go and, and, and register, it requires you to create an account on our platform first. Um, and the reason for that is that part of, part of the ticket that you buy, whether you buy, whether you select the live stream option or the in-person option, both, both of you will get access to the live stream. So if someone buys an in-person ticket, they still get access to the live stream page and all the, videos that we, the individual videos that we put in there um, after the editing, you know, a couple of weeks later. Um, and we found that people just don't get, they either don't get them or they don't read them or whatever, so they create that. If you create an account at the end of the registration process, they never even get the email that gives them their password and whatever to be able to get in there. And then, and then on the day of the event, we have 500 people that who can't <laughs> get into the system. You know, and it, sure. So now we make them create their create their account first and get you know set their own password and all of that and it's a done deal, and then they can go and actually buy the ticket. Um, just if they're wondering about about the process and why it is like that, um, so yeah, you can you can select uh, either the live stream option or the um, the in person ticket. Um, there's an, if you're going to be in person, there's an option to be able to select. Um, we, we have an incredible chef at the hotel that does amazing low carb dinners so you can sign up to to come and attend those dinners and and what's cool about that is that all the speakers and that come come to the dinner as well so you get you get to sit at at a table with you know steve Finney or rob Sivas or gary Taubs or somebody um it, it it's pretty cool um and then there's a for, for the practitioners who are looking for um, continuing education credits, there's an option um, to sign up for that as well. So in order to keep the price down for everyone else, we used, to, we used to just charge everyone the same price. And then the people that wanted CME certificate, we would send them one if they asked for it. Mm. Um, now, we, now we charge a bit less, but, but we then charge the, the people who want a certificate for the certificate. Sure. So they can so they can make those three choices, and then there's a there's a, a discount. Now if, if this is going to be more than a week, the the low carb the early bird discount uh, ends on Sunday. Um, but after that, there's going to be another discount. It'll if you go to the page, it'll tell you what to put in there. But it's still going to be a 20% 20% discount, which is which is pretty cool. Um, and the discount code will probably be May Mayhem or something like that. We haven't decided hundred percent yet but um, yeah go in there and um, and get your ticket and, t- and get and get the, the, the discount that that's being offered now because and that, that you know every every month that the discount becomes less so
0: okay um,
1: you know in July there's going to be no discount so got it uh, you know if they want to take advantage of it um, then, then that's the way to do it um, in terms of the uh, in terms of the provider list, what they should do is is go to the SMHP website. So um, we actually just got the the domain, uh, the SMHP, but it hasn't actually been migrated to that yet. Um, So it's metabolicpractitioners.org, metabolicpractitioners.org, the SMHP website and um and there if you if there's a and one of the main menu options is providers and that if you click on that it comes up with this um really cool search engine and you can go and put in country state city zip code doctor's name specialty uh the, you know there's different categories for dietitians versus physicians etc um there's a it's a very comprehensive um, search engine now, which, which is very helpful. So, and, and, if you, and if any of the people listening are actual practitioners, then um, put your name in, you know. Yeah, you need to, there's a fee to join as a member to be able to attend the Grand Rounds and um, participate in the forums, um, which, which actually are going to establish the conversations, which will establish our standard of care but you can register yourself as a practitioner for nothing. So you can put your information in there. We have accreditation process, which um, people have to pay for the training and stuff, but um, you can get accredited. You can they get to have a badge that says they're accredited by the SMHP and they, and they actually get to use uh, the credentials MHP for metabolic health practitioner. That's um, awesome,
0: that's really cool. Yeah.
1: So there's, there's all of those things that they can learn about and, um, and see on the SMHP site as well.
0: That's awesome. And,
1: yeah. and there's the, the, the clinical guidelines are, are on that page as well, which are for any practitioners, definitely something they should go and have a look at.
0: Absolutely. I think I did see that. Um, yeah, so that, that's great. I'm glad we have all the resources on the table for people to find if they want. Um, kind of a quick recap, I, the conference people know where they can go to that. That is going to be in both San Diego and then a, a virtual one uh, as well. Um, Correct. That's going to be
1: July. And then also, is it August? No, no, that's that's, that's end of August, 26th end of 29th August. of okay. August. And then in January, um, I forget the dates now, but in January, uh, we haven't posted that. That'll be posted in about two weeks. But we've got one in January in Boca Raton.
0: Yeah, that's okay. Awesome, awesome. I think we also breached subjects for everybody listening at home. We talked about how you guys can feel free to consider preventative health and looking at dis-ease from a metabolic perspective uh, as sort of a foundational piece that should have a seat at the table amongst other types of of medicine as well. We got into different effects. You can see when you uh, embark on a low-carb approach or ketogenic type approach. In addition to that, we also got into various things on. Uh, exogenous ketones, whether you're taking them as almost as an er ergogenic or performance enhancer on occasion, like Doug, or like an athlete. And then I think, in addition to that, also people who take them on a regular basis for wellness. Uh, See, oh, and then also keto flu, right? I think that was one thing I did want to reiterate that I didn't for and that was make sure you're well hydrated, including your foundational electrolytes like salt, when you are first embarking
1: on these things yeah so it's really important
0: i think it's a pretty good recap all right doug thank you so much for coming on Um, maybe see you in person at the conference too here in a little bit actually
1: yeah i hope so that would be awesome
0: yeah all right well i appreciate you coming on everybody this has been an awesome information-packed show listen to it once twice three times whatever you need to get all the information from it um thank you once again everyone for inviting us into your home this has been another exciting episode of bhb radio